Hello, welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast, your exclusive access to the winning strategies and leadership habits of high-performing CEOs from all over the world. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, entrepreneur, CEO mentor, and business angel. Sit back, relax, and don't forget to take notes because I'm sure you will be able to take many gold nuggets on how to drive your business forward and develop a healthy and thriving work culture for your organization. Hey, welcome to another episode of the High Performance CEO Show. Today I'm talking to Suhas Patel. Suhas, he is a founder. His vision is to drive the world towards sustainable and zero waste manufacturing. He's the founder of Tverit, and this is a company which digitally transforms traditional manufacturing processes with a comprehensive suite of industrial AI technologies. Very interesting topic. Welcome to the show, Suhas. Thank you very much, Sebastian, for, for having me in the show. It's always a pleasure to discuss my journey, what we are doing in Tvarit, and how it will change the world. The way I see the manufacturing industry is generating a lot of waste, and due to the you know, recent energy crisis, it is important to reduce that waste in terms of scrap, in terms of energy, and which will increase the sustainability in the world. And we are really putting a lot of efforts and going forward in the direction of zero waste manufacturing. Thank you, Sebastian. That's an amazing area to be in right now. Yeah, especially as you said, we're in, uh, in the midst of an energy crisis and a lot of manufacturers, they really struggle to um, pay the energy bills. And if someone uh, like your company can help them reduce energy costs yeah, by using AI technologies, I mean, this is a real game changer. So what can we understand in what you are technologies doing? I mean, how do they support the manufacturing process? So uh, we need to understand how manufacturing industry has so, so far has been working. That's always pen and paper, right? So they try to yeah. improve the processes over a period of time and they can achieve until 90% improvement in the process. And that becomes a standard. That becomes a norm. Mm -hmm. They think that this is what we are doing is perfect. There is no room for improvement. Now, to achieve this 90%, they are using CIP, Continuous Improvement Processes, where there are highly correlated process parameters they are trying to optimize, but they cannot find the enough data point to combine those. I mean, thousands of parameters are there in the manufacturing industry. This is where technology like uh, Industry 4.0 or um, uh, manufacturing AI, that can, these technologies can support them in correlating their data finding the root causes based on the previous data and providing them precise prescriptions to optimize that processes. I see a huge opportunity. I see a huge opportunity in the manufacturing industry where there is a last mile, 10%, which is not yet optimized in the manufacturing industry to optimize and make it better, reduce the scrap, reduce the energy bill, reduce the machine down, down that. And that's what we are working at Quarry. That's a uh, very uh, interesting area. I mean, I know many um, manufacturers, uh, especially in Germany, and they are usually very traditional organizations. Yeah, they're in business for decades. And um, as you said, they uh, they optimize. I mean, we Germans, we're very good in optimizing processes. Yeah? But I mean, often it's important to have a different 
point of view on your processes. And if the use of AI, you can analyze data, which, as you said, you're not able to analyze manually, yeah? opening a complete new world of possibilities and opportunities to reduce costs and to save energy. Very interesting sector you, you positioned yourself. You're from India, right? So um, what is your story? So how did you end up running this company here in Frankfurt? Yeah, so I came to Germany in 2004, just after finishing my master's uh, in France. So education-wise, I did my Bachelor of Engineering in Computer Science from India and Master's uh, in Telecommunication in France. And I, immediately after that, I came to Germany here in Frankfurt. And ever since, I have been living in Frankfurt. Um, what drives me is is the change. So I have been always, you know, moving mm -hmm. back and forth in India, starting some new thing. Actions, which is very important. So I came in 2004, 2010, I moved back to India and started my own greenfield metal processing company, which is completely new field compared to what my education background is. And then, you know, I ran that factory for 10 years. Besides that, I also started densification of a biofuel factory, one factory and we have four. Third is like a metal uh, metal processing, within metal processing, packaging machine factory. That was a failed venture I had to close down. So if you see overall experience from a computer science, from a from a technology side, the education background, I had a few years working with companies like Qualcomm and Intel in their R&D department, where always we are optimizing something. R&D is always like how we can go to the next step in terms of developing a new product increasing the efficiency. And when I started this manufacturing industry, you know, I always saw the chance to do that. But I did not mm. have that opportunity which currently the world is providing, you know, uh, in collecting the data, providing the prescriptions. Those yeah. opportunities which I did not get. But if we see, you know, in this whole journey, what is important, you know, there is one book which is Marshall Goldsmith, you know, what got you here won't get you there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so whatever I learned there, you know, and I experienced, that was always for me a starting point to do something next, which is based on the learning what I got, but optimize and improve my personal efficiencies to, to make something big in the next stage. And that's where we are rhetoric. And if you see the journey starting with manufacturing, I, I in 2016, I met my co-founder Rahul Prajapat. 2017, you know, we brainstormed this idea how we can combine this manufacturing related experience with his knowledge in data science. He was working at NASA at that time. In 2017, we started developing small algorithm and then, you know, how we can optimize those processes. 2018, we, we got the first customer, even before starting the company. 2019, we established a company here, a headquartered in Frankfurt. And within six months itself, our current investors, Futury Venture, they came to us and they said that, okay, we see a big opportunity, what you guys are doing and we want to invest. So within six months, you know, we had that close round of investment and then we started, we got the first VC round. That was the starting point and after that, we never looked back. You know, we got, despite Corona, despite, you know, Russian war uh, or Ukraine war, we got we always got the traction in the market in what we are doing. And currently, as we sit together uh, here, we are serving customers in nine countries across five continents. That's achievement wow. which we have received in the last three years, since 2019 to 2020. So what is a typical customer for you? What kind of business use your services? Typical customer, what we are focusing on is a metal processing industry. Metal processing where is one of the highest energy-consuming 
industry in the world. Yes. Well, we all learned during the uh, energy exactly. crisis. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and this. that has always a highest threat. And within this metal yeah. manufacturing processes, there are processes like rolling, rolling where you where you produce the metal and then roll it. Second is joining, like welding technology. Forming, forming is like cold forming. You press the metal and then yes. you you give a different shape. Hot forming, which is like forging. Casting, which is like you mend the metal and you you give a different shape. Complex. And we are very much focused into the casting process worldwide. With Prav, we can say that we are the only one providing the AI for casting process, which optimize their scrap. Now we decided that I should give you a few background about that. Why casting? So total metal manufacturing market is around 3.6 trillion market reserve. And there are 170 billion losses generated in this market every year due to the scrap and energy optimization. So, so this Bro. trap, what I'm talking about, this 10% inefficiencies, right, in the plant. And yeah. that's what we are focused on reducing to zero. Impressive. I guess you need a lot of scientists uh, working on these projects. So how large is your team right now? What kind of people working for Tawarit? Interesting. You know, when we started, we were two people in 2019. Mm. Today, we have 64 people team based out of Frankfurt and India. Most of them, the technical staff is, they are process experts. They are PhD researchers, metallurgical mm -hmm. experts. Because of our industry focus into metal, you know, we have none of people coming from a metallurgical background who mm -hmm. are from top-notch universities like IIT, which is like MIT of India. And uh, okay. they bring a lot of expertise from a, from a process domain yeah. side, as well as we have AI, data scientists, they, are, they bring this data science expertise, and we combine that in the team. So that's a technical team. Uh, I'll also talk about technology, what we have developed in the next few minutes. So technology team, sales team is like they are having like 20, 30 years of experience. They understand the processes. We have, we have also sales team across Europe. So sitting in Frankfurt, we have a few consultants working in Turkey. We have in the UK as well, in East European countries who are supporting in sales team. And then there is third team, which is operation team. So total 64 people spread across Germany and India. That's quite a growth uh, for this short period of time. Yeah. So due to this market attraction, and we recently closed, the uh, in April 2022, we closed the financing round with uh, MetterWave. And our clear focus, which we decided with our investors, is to acquire as many customers as possible in the shortest possible time. In last four months itself, we acquired eight big clients, just to give you the reference, one manufacturing client acquisition time is 12 months to 18 months. We reduced it on an average 10 weeks. Due to the acquisition of more clients, you know, we had to grow the team. In the last quarter itself, we grew our team by 30, 35%. Yeah. So, and still we are hiring and going forward. So how do you manage this growth? I mean, you need to set up structures in your organization. You need to uh, build a culture. You need to build this whole organization on top of delivering solutions to your clients. And I also learned that you're traveling a lot. You are on different uh, conferences. You're just off to, to Finland. Seems like a lot of work for me. So how do you keep up with all the workload? We always believed in efficiency and bringing the team members who are associated with vision. 
it's very important right when we talk about zero waste manufacturing it's not something you know we always uh, we talk about that only we have to lead that vision mm. and people whom who are joining our team they always think about how we can reduce waste in their daily lives in the office they are they are passionate about that yeah and as you mentioned you know more than work it is important to set up a culture we do a lot of mm. workshops like value workshop we define our values which kind of core values we want to incorporate in our team so that you know we when we grow even bigger the values are always inherited to the new team members and the culture is created so one of the values is very important for us is innovativeness we always encourage innovation we tell talk with our team members that do something risk it's not a problem we have to make sure that there is a small innovation you bring no matter which operation which uh, organization you are in which department you are in maybe you are in hr you maybe you are in operation in finance bring some innovation in your department for optimizing that process and that culture is is very important yeah. second is respect respect and trust third is trust these are the three core values which we have defined in our team why respect is important uh, you know people who are coming into organization they have very specific expertise and we have to respect that expertise and also they are coming from different background you know they are from different cultural background and they have different mindsets we need to respect that at the same time third is trust which is third value which is very much important what other person is doing we fully trust 100% trust we know that if a if a one person who is in a finance department doing certain work then we know that it's 100% done and that trust is important among the team members to to grow their organization so value creation is very important second part is we have decided exchange program as we have team which is located internationally after two years they have chance to meet the other team members in other countries when they join so they go to the different part of the world in different offices they stay with them for two weeks three weeks and try to understand what kind of environment they are living in what type of environment they are working in so that gives them a different perspective so apart from work you know we are uh, we are we are working on lot of small small things in organization to create our culture and that's a tori culture that is very important and i'm sure that you know with this kind of efforts which will help us growing for going forward in growing the company i see a lot of the things you do i also see in other silicon valley companies i mean you you served as the president of a german chapter of silicon valley based entrepreneurship organization Tell us a bit about this German chapter. What kind of companies are basically part of this and what do you take out of this assignment? Yeah, so I was a president from 2016-2018 for TAI Germany, which is a German chapter, as you mentioned, of a Silicon Valley-based organization, the Indus Entrepreneurs. It is one of the largest organizations in the world connecting entrepreneurs. More than 10,000 members are there worldwide. And I'm one of the founding members in Germany for that organization, German chapter. So when I joined that organization, I got chance to meet budding entrepreneurs. The energy which I received from them when they when I talk on a weekly basis, I'm talk. I was I used to talk with one or two entrepreneurs who who did or who tried to do something new, tried to bring bring yeah. some change in the world, a small change, but they are the one who are motivated to do something new, right? So. And and that exactly. that was really really passionate, fascinating for me in meeting them, talking to them, and during my 
10 years as a president of this organization, I organized like around 25 events across Germany, meeting different people, talking to them, understanding their perspective and enabling them to be an entrepreneur. So there are always people who are like, who have a lot of good ideas, but they are on the, on the age side. They don't know whether they have to go on the entrepreneur side or they want to continue. And you empower them to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. So I was just entrepreneur. flipping them yeah. on the entrepreneur side. So that's, that's, <laughs> that, that was uh, my work during my tenure as a president. And I always like, you know, I always like people to, to yeah. pursue entrepreneurship. Me, even though they are in job, they have to do certain kind of risk to make sure that, you know, there is an entrepreneurial spirit within their work. And it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people. Yeah, uh, which also give you energy. When you create a company, create an organization, you need this energy, uh, you need this inspiration also from other entrepreneurs. And this is why I think these uh, organizations are very important for founders who start something. Yeah? And especially in such an innovative environment where your company is operating in, you always need a spark of innovation to uh, continue and to come up with new ideas. I also like your culture, uh, which, uh, I mean, you, you basically, you eat your own dog food, right? <laughs> In the organization, you inspire your team members to always look for innovation, always look to how to improve things. And I mean, you, you basically serve two things with that. You know, on one hand, of course, you, you innovate your own processes. But on the other hand, you always keep them thinking, you always keep them agile and you always keep them in the mode, yeah, which is, of course, important when you work on client projects to always have this innovative thinking processes going. So I think the way you created your organization and the growth rate you established in the last couple of years, I mean, this is amazing. And it seems that you, you're creating something very big. I mean, you are currently in another founding round. Yeah, You're looking for new investors. Is this right? That's true. Yeah. So what are the plans? What is the timing and what exactly are you looking to achieve with this funding? Yeah. So very interesting. As I mentioned, you know, when, when we closed the last funding round, we decided to acquire 21 clients along with investors post-financing round within one year. And now we already acquired within four months itself eight clients and 17 uh, new clients who have already committed. Very big name. You know, I cannot give in, the, uh, in this interview, but uh, in yeah really huge names which we acquire. Now it is time to deliver those clients. And for that, we are going for a Series A round, which is already started. We are closing that or at least, you know, some commitment which we are expecting by, by December. So December 2022. And fund will be closed maybe early January. Uh, so that's that's expectation. A lot of interest is generated. And there is a reason for that. Right? So number of clients is one side serving clients across geography. So we are reducing waste for our clients who are manufacturing industry, but that is worldwide. Mm -hmm. So we are getting region agnostic in terms of business risk. Nine countries across five continents serving clients. Third is like, uh, if you see recent energy crisis has also enabled us to have this right product market fit in this recent time. So, perfect timing. Perfect timing, right? And we need to leverage that and accelerate. See, until what I believe, whenever you have opportunity to move forward, you just need to bind your fist and start running as fast as possible. Yeah. And that's what we are doing. And then we will be closing this round very soon. And we are talking with investors. In January, we will be closing the round. Yeah. And it's not only the perfect timing for you. I mean, of course, this will boost your business. Yeah, no doubt. 
But uh, you're also creating value, and this is the most important thing. You're helping uh, manufacturers to go through this really challenging time yeah, and offer them opportunities to reduce their costs. And for some of them, it's probably a question, do they stay in business or not? Yeah? Do we uh, save working places here in these countries? And are they able to continue with their operation and not forced to either close the business down or even uh, or move to a different country? And this is the amazing value you create in this challenging time where your clients are currently operating into. Yeah, that's true. And totally speaking, there are countries which are high cost countries. Right? There is always yeah. higher cost of production in those countries. Of course, they are producing high quality material. They are world, worldwide famous for their quality. Uh, especially in Bitsy, Germany as an example. There are two more major challenges. You know, as you mentioned, uh, Germany, you know, is a, it's an industrial country, but at the same time, the experts who have gained the knowledge for 20, 30 years in decades, they are retiring. They are taking away their knowledge. Yes. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, this is an energy crisis, which has like multiplied the cost of energy, which is a second impact. And these two impacts together, I see a big opportunity for technology to play a bigger role in order to reduce their bottom line. So let me give you the example about bottom line. You know, a typical factory, and I'm giving you a small factory having set up of like 15 million operational costs. They are spending like around 50 to 60% in their raw material, which is metal. I'm talking about metal. Around 30%, 20 to 30% in energy, which is, which is changing, varying based on the cost of the energy and based on them in the operation. Now, these companies have like a profitability about around 5 to 6%. That's a norm, industry norm I'm talking about, you know, from our reports. Yeah. If you can increase that bottom line 15 to 20%, which is EBITDA increase, it gives them a tremendous value to sustain in this competitive market, especially in the time of energy crisis. And this is the right time to uh, expand our business in a country where they are highly impacted by recent crisis. I really hope that your funding round will close soon, that you are able to deliver and even create more value to manufacturers in this industry. And you help incubate 18 startups successfully. What is your biggest learning from this time? Uh, I mean, working with 18 different companies, you obviously had a lot of different personalities, different industries, different business. What is your, your biggest learning from this amazing period? Yeah. So during my startup journey, I learned one thing. If you survive for first thousand days, then it is it is a journey. It's a journey for growth. Okay. And this thousand days, we completed by the day in story. We are more than thousand days, which is a good thing. But during this thousand days, every day I am thinking what I should do that I don't fail. Mm-hmm. And that is an experience from my previous startups. I had many failed startups in the past. So I, I learned that every single day I have to take certain actions which brings me to the next stage. Yeah. But at the same time, it does not stop. That learning how not to fail is the biggest thing which I which I gained out of my startup experience. This is a great learning. I really like this. Yes, I mean, a lot of founders listen to these episodes and watch the show. And when we tell them it, thousand days, 
something to focus on. And I think this deal is actually right. I mean, you look at statistics, most of the companies fail after a year or one and a half years. And then when you survive almost a thousand days, then you have to bring value to, or you're bringing value to your clients and you most likely figured it out, your business model, and then uh, you can focus on the growth. I wish Tvarit uh, lots of success and fantastic growth in the future because uh, I really believe listening to you that the services you offer and the technology you develop can really create a difference in so many lives yeah? because you were supporting these companies who are really struggling. You had them reduce uh, energy costs and if this you had them to stay in the countries where they are situated, help them to protect jobs. And I think this is something next to all the business success you have, it's something to really focus on and to really remind yourself that it's not only the money you create, it's also the impact you have on these people and these organizations. Thank you so much, Suhas, for your time. Uh, it was a very interesting conversation and best of luck for your funding round, which you are currently working on. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Once again, having me here in the show, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And one message which I want to give, you know, as I said, you know, we are in a funding now and I'd be very happy to talk with investors who wants to bring impact, who are deep tech investors. We also, as I mentioned, I wanted to speak a little bit about my technology, which is hybrid AI. We combine the knowledge of processes and metallurgical yeah. physics of metallurgy with AI. That's why we have uh, two patents applied that yeah. brings and gives the precise prescriptions in order to optimize the processes for our clients. So the investors yeah. who want, who are industry 4.0 rated investors, deep tech investors and impact investors, I'd be happy to speak with you and uh, would like you to join the journey which we are in. Thank you. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you, Suhas. Hey, this has been the High Performance CEO Podcast. Join us again next week for more winning strategies and leadership habits from high-performing CEOs worldwide. If you have any questions or feedback on today's episode or would like to be a guest on my show, email us at success at We would love to hear from you. I'm Sebastian Schieke. Thank you for listening.